We're continuing with the case where this boy does not know who his father is because his mother married. And then before waiting three months at the conclusion of that marriage, she married a second man and then he was born. So we don't know if it's from the first husband or from the second husband. But here, one of the husbands is Yisrael and one of the husbands is a Kohen. So this boy could be a Kohen. He doesn't know who his father is. So now the Mishnah can tell us what this boy has to do. So it says the Mishnah, no He can only marry a woman who's fit to marry a Kohen. For example, he cannot marry a woman who is divorced because he might be a Kohen. His knowledge become tame, defiled by being in contact with a corpse, because a coin is not allowed, and he might be a coin. But if he does become tame, even on purpose, he did deliberately He's not going to receive the forty lashes of Malchus, which normally a coin would receive for violating the prohibition of becoming tame on purpose. But here, since he might not be a coin, he has the right to say, "You can't give me the lashes." And it's not allowed to eat chuma because he might not be a coin. But if he did eat the chuma, we mentioned that if a person who is not a coin eats chuma mistakenly, not only does he have to pay Karen the principal amount, he has to add on a fifth. But when it comes to the monetary issues, this person can say that even though in halacha I'm not allowed to eat chuma, but I'm not going to pay you the Karen and the chomesh because you have to prove to me that I'm not a coin. And until you do that, I'm not going to have to pay. And he doesn't receive his portion of chuma by going on the threshing floor. That's where the chuma is given out because he's forbidden to eat chuma because he might not be a coin. But he is, he could sell his chuma to a coin and keep the money. As you mentioned earlier, that only a coin is allowed to eat chuma and the coin himself has to separate chuma, but he's a coin himself could benefit from it. So here too, he can go ahead and benefit by, by separating it but he himself could go ahead and since he can't eat it, he could sell it to another coin he chooses and he can keep the money. He doesn't receive any portion from the sacrifices that the, that the coin normally receives. The coin normally receives uh, the hides from the offerings, but since he might not be a coin, he doesn't get it. And we don't give him sacrifice to offer on the temple for the same reason. But we don't remove his, his own sacrifices from his possessions. Like we're going to see, like the Bechara, for instance, we're not going to take away from him because he could say, maybe I am a coin. He's exempt from giving what normally, when a person was not a coin, um, uh, um, uh, sacrifices food, sacrifice animals, automatically you have to give the Zroah, that's the foreleg, the l'chaim is the jaws, v'akev in the stomach, has to go to the kohen. It's a gift that has to go to the kohen. But since he might himself be a kohen, he's allowed to keep it himself. And it happens to be that these things, even a non-kohen can eat. But we mentioned that the in the shlomiyad, we don't remove his own sacrifice. For example, would be this case here, b'chor, when it comes to b'chor, we said the firstborn animal, normally if it's a non-kohen, you have to give it to the kohen. But here, he can claim that he might be a coin, but he can't eat it because he might not be a coin. So what should he do? If we said this in earlier Mishnah, his Bechar animal does not have to be given to the coin. What he should do is, he should let it, he should let it, let it graze until it develops a mum, a disqualifying blemish, and then he could slaughter and eat it. Like, and like and like any non-coin can eat it after it had developed some mum. So we see again that we're placing upon him the stringency of the Kohanim and the stringencies of Yisraelim. He might be a Kohen, so you have to place upon him all the stringencies that a Kohen has, but he might not be a Kohen, so therefore we have to place upon him those stringencies as well. Now says the mission like this, 
Let's say both of the husbands were Kohanim. Get his mother married one man who was a Kohen, married another man who also was a Kohen, and he himself, he doesn't know who his father is and which one. It says the Mishnah, who owned name Aleyim. If either husband dies, then the son now, who's as close, who's potentially a close relative to both, he's only twenty, doesn't, doesn't know which ones. He has to be stringent, and he has to be treated as if he's an onain. And an onain is someone who's who's a person who lost one of his seven close relatives. So on that day, he's not allowed to perform mitzvos. So an onain is also not allowed to perform the, the the service in the temple. So since he might be the son of of either Cohen, so of either Cohen who's either husband to his mother. Therefore, he has to he has to be treated like an onain, and therefore he has to own alim. He has to observe the laws of aninus, and therefore he's he's not even though he's a Cohen because either of the husbands are Kohanim, he's now performed the temple service or eat meat from the meat of any orphan on the day of their deaths, since either one could be his father. Vehim own a love. Similarly, if he dies, they're gonna have to be stringent also. And each one has to assume that maybe that that boy is their son, and they'll have to be, they'll have to serve Aninus for him. And if both of them won't be able to perform the service in the temple or eat from any offering, any kachim on the day of his death, since again the, 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 this fellow might be their son, and who ain't no him, he may not make himself tame to be in contact with either husband. In other words, let's say the husband died. So normally a son, even a Kohen, could become Tomei by participating in the in the preparations or, or anything. Being He's allowed to be Tomei by becoming in contact with his father, but he might not be his father. Therefore, he ain't a metamol him. He's not allowed to become Tomei through any dead person who's not, he's, he's therefore not allowed to go ahead and um, uh, be, be Tomei, not just to anybody, but even to his mother's husband, because each mother's husband might not be might not be his father. Similarly, the husband can become Tom, maybe in contact with him if he died, because he might not because he might not, might not be either there to each one, he might not be their son. And who ain't a Yorish O son. Also, this fellow, he's not gonna be able to inherit either husband if one of them dies. Why can't he inherit either one? Because the other sons from each the other sons from each husband will come to him and say, "You prove to us that you're an heir, that you come from the, from their father." And since he can't do that because he doesn't know which one's his father, so each husband's sons can knock him out from from taking any of the Yerusha, any of the inheritance. Avolheim Yerushin or so, but the husbands are going to be are going to be able to inherit him if he dies. Now, if he if he would die without any children, so who's going to be next to get his get his estate? It will go to his father and since we don't know who his father is so therefore those two husbands those two husbands of his mother the first husband and the second husband they'll split, they'll split inheritance among themselves and he's going to be exempt from the death penalty normally if a, some, someone does a maka he brings a wound upon his father and mother and the witnesses and there's a warning then his chai meets the death penalty but here no Valkilosa also, if a person curses his father and mother, there's a death penalty. But he he will He'll be exempt from the death penalty for hitting or cursing for either husband, the first or the second husband, because we don't know which one's his father, and therefore you can't go ahead and give him such a penalty without knowing certainly, with certainty, that he cursed or hit his actual father. Therefore, he's exempt, shall from doing it to either father. The Ola Bimish 
you have to know with certainty that he is guilty. We know that the Kohanim were divided up into different groups, different families joined different Mishmaros, different groups, and that was their turn to come to do the offer, to do the service in the temple, and they would receive certain benefits. So the son has the right to go up to the temple and to perform the sacrificial services with the Mishma of either father's group. Either, either of his mother's husband's groups. But for Enecholik, he doesn't receive a portion of meat or hides that normally the Kohanim of that group would receive. In other words, the group that comes for that week, they're going to receive special meats and hides for the offerings that's divided amongst those members of the Mishma, of that group. But since he cannot claim with certainty that he comes from either Mishma because he doesn't know who his father is, they have a right to tell him, we're not going to give you any, they can't prevent him from doing the service, but, but, but they can tell him, we're not going to give you the hides or the or the meats, because we don't know for sure that you come from that Mishmar, because you don't know who your father is. But in how you echad. But if both husbands belong to the same Mishmar, then no echad. Then of course they'll receive one portion, because since both of both of those husbands come from the same group, so now when he's joining the group, he's certainly part of that group, because whether or not he comes from the first husband or the second husband, he's part of the group. He just doesn't know which husband's coming from, and therefore in that situation, either way, he'll be able to definitely receive the portion that the Kohanim receive from the ones who have their 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 service being done during that time.